Before we tee off on today's show, I'd like to thank our new Patreon supporter this week, Susan in Oregon, USA. It really means a lot, Susan. Thank you so much. And you will be entered into our special prize draw for having done that. If you, the gorgeous listener, would also like to get in that hat, please go to patreon.com forward slash podcast where you can support us for as little as one uno un yetno dollar per month only. Uh, it's cheaper than chips. Thank you very much. Uh, Don't blame it on the sunshine. Don't blame it on the moonlight. Don't blame it on the good times. Blame it on Origi. Not really. No, no, no. Not really. I didn't mean that really. It wasn't his fault. Divock tried his best, but not even his glorious head and magical haircut could pull Liverpool's Wellingtons out of the swamp of yesterday's game. A nil-nil draw away at Manchester United. My name's Owen. Welcome to episode 26 of Cop On, you funky little boat race. And I'm delighted to say that here to help me forensically wade through the umscar of yesterday are Dan Burgess, Majd Abu Ghazale and Linus Lovegard. Uh, lots of different countries uh, that they live in and, uh, you know, absolutely delighted to connect with uh, Fans across the world do send us an email, coponpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. Thanks very much. Here we are. Yesterday was obviously Man United nil, Liverpool nil. Um, it was the fourth time that Liverpool have failed to score this season, which is uh, 38 matches in all competitions. So we've scored in 34 of them. Uh, but uh, yesterday was a bit rubbish going forward, wasn't it? The XG stats, the expected goals, was down at 0.38. It was our worst attacking display of the season, according to that stat that I swiped from the excellent Anfield index. Uh, we dominated possession, however. We had 65%. We had seven shots to their six. I don't remember seven shots. There was only one on target from Liverpool and three on target from Manchester United. And there are tons of ways to look at this game. I'm slightly disappointed because of that attacking display. But if you think about it, if you think about the history of Liverpool FC, to feel slightly disappointed after drawing at Old Trafford tells you how far we've come since Jurgen Klopp took over. It's been absolutely light years. I'm thrilled, delighted to be top of the league. Um, I think uh, it's absolutely marvellous position to be in, you know, knowing that we're level on games and one point ahead at the top. Um, I'm going to start with you, Dan, because you're new to cop on. First of all, welcome. And, uh, you know, how, how are you feeling? Tell us. Gutted that we missed missed a chance to get one over a Man U. Um, never, never a sad moment to do that. But then, you know, top of the league. And if just thinking recent memory, especially, uh, you know, if we think back to 2013-14, when we were top at Christmas, you know, it's so different to back then where everything just collapsed from January. I mean, I think the difference is here, you know, ever, ever since January, we've maybe slowed down a little bit. But there's been lots of injury-related stuff. And overall, I guess where I feel happiest is destinies in our own hands. And that's not just for the league, it's also for the European Cup. So, you know, I think yesterday was a, you know, going to bed, not feeling great. But today kind of woke up thinking, you know what, we're top of the league. I'll take that. Well, that's a very fair answer. Excellent stuff. How about you, Majd? How are you feeling? I'm slightly disappointed. I'm not going to lie. Not about the result itself. The nil-nil was okay because... They had all the momentum going into the game. We were the favourites, and that's a good thing, Being always being the favourites against United. I was just slighted at the circumstances of the game and how it panned out, because we had we had a really good chance there that we failed to capitalise on. So, disappointed, but I'm sure I'll get over it when we once we beat Watford. 
Yeah, okay. Well, ooh, blimey. Yes, yeah, starting off on an optimistic note again. Very good. I love that. Linus, how are you feeling? Yeah, a bit like the other two. I'm feeling uh, disappointed, obviously. We had a great chance to actually beat uh, United at Old Trafford for once with all their injuries, especially in the first half. They made all their subs already, but I think we were just too wasteful. We we dominated the game. Uh, watching watching the game, we dominated. We had more possession. We had more pa- passing. We had 65% possession possession to their 35% but watching it back they had they were better defensively than us and they had more more dangerous chances so can we really say we we were better than them I'm not sure but getting a point at Old Trafford is a good result and I think had someone asked me at the beginning of the match would I take it I would I would be a bit hesitant but I would take it because I think the most important thing was we didn't lose so the the performance is what I'm disappointed with. Like I said, the performance was awful, but I'm happy we didn't lose. So I'm okay with the result. So, but I mean, in the context of a title race, is 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 a point good enough, Linus? Yeah, I think it is. I think because we obviously haven't been at our best lately. So getting a getting a loss at this in in this game would have probably been uh, way worse. And I think winning. Even though United are not looking as good as they they have in the past, even though we, they had a lot of injuries during the game, I think it's unrealistic to go in with that mindset to, that we're expecting to win at Old Trafford. So I think the one point is uh, very good for the title race because now we're still on top, and uh, we if we if we win all our game matches this season, we will win the league and. I don't think we will do that, and I don't think that will be necessary. But I, I, I do think it's okay. I don't think it. One point was okay this game. Well, I'm inclined to agree with you. What, what do you think, Dan? Yeah, I think we'll have a much clearer view, you know, when it comes around to people like Chelsea at Anfield in, I think, kind of six, seven games time. But the main thing is just, yeah, you know, we've seen City slip up a few times in in, in recent memory, and just every point is going to count. Um, and when we're up against kind of probably the most talented, one of the most loaded teams you've seen probably in the history of the Premier League. I think we can be pretty happy with that overall. Well, OK, yeah, OK. Um, but we can't afford afford too many points, though, can we, Dan? I mean, we, you know, draw at this, from this point on, you know, I don't think one point... We need to regularly get three and we need to be, like, attacking games that we didn't really do in the last sort of 20 minutes half an hour yesterday well for the whole match really but I would have wanted us to sort of throw the kitchen sink at United a little bit more if I was to to, to have a criticism of the of the performance because from now on a point um, probably won't be good enough but yesterday we can we can say yeah okay maybe it was because it was at Old Trafford do you do you agree with that Dan staying with you yeah so well, I think where, where I Join you on that one. It's just, you know, for me, the strange thing was when, when he brought, brought, um, brought on, and it just didn't really seem the right moment for him. Um, it felt like we could have worked on Cater or kind of many different options at that point. But it, it just felt like, you know, it, it, everything was there to be taken with so many injuries and everything uncertain United. And Klopp was maybe guilty of being conservative or... You know, I'm sure he had other things he'd seen things from training, but you do get the sense that recently we've kind of you can suddenly feel like there's been some puzzling decisions when games are there to be gone for. Um, you know, we're not sure which way we're going to do that in terms of get, grabbing the game by the scruff of its neck. Mm, interesting stuff. What are your thoughts, Matched? Yeah, I think the problem is that once Firmino got injured, I think. Look, I love Jurgen Klopp, but I think he got it wrong this time because what I would have done or what seemed like the logical option was to put Salah through the middle and bring in Shakiri or something. And then, okay, we brought in Daniel Sturridge. We know he can produce a moment of magic. We, we all love Daniel Sturridge. But it definitely changed the dynamic of the game because Salah was very isolated on the right and Mane was very isolated. 
and the three of them couldn't really gel together or link up together at, at all. I don't think they passed to each other more than three or four times. Other than the first half, the first half was kind of a mess because of all the injuries and the disruptions. The really disappointing part is the second half and the in-game adjustments we failed to do because they had McTominay and Pereira in the midfield, and that that really is a midfield we should be able to impose our own game on and force them and peg them back. And maybe we needed some creativity from midfield, so maybe Naby Keita would have been a good option to bring on. But I don't know. It was just a weird performance in the second half. I mean, yeah, you were right. I don't remember us taking seven shots because the only shot I remember is Sturridge having one from 40 yards and uh, Genie from... Genie from the edge of the box, which flew into the stands. So that was very disappointing. And yeah, I'm not sure what that was down to. I think the players got a bit nervous and they couldn't get it into their own rhythm and the passing was a little off. It's really hard to pinpoint what was going on, but just not a great performance, really. Mm. What did you make of the performance, Linus? I mean, the you know, let's start with the criticism and then we'll go on to the positives after. What would you like to have seen us do better yesterday, Linus? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with him. I I think the midfield was the thing that Klopp got wrong. I I think he's done got the midfield wrong in a lot of big games this season. However much I love him, I think the midfield is the part he feels like he's a bit scared to try new things and try to go a bit more attacking because he he doesn't want to lose games. I think he's feeling the pressure of the title race. So I think he went in with a mindset that we kind of had now that one point will be okay, but getting the three point would be the best. So I think that that's maybe why he put Milner at right back because he's a bit he's a bit more experienced and uh, not as big big he because he saw what happened to Trent last year and uh, yeah I think the uh, the midfield is where we where we uh, lacked like usual we didn't have the cre- creativity in midfield to link up the attack in midfield and I think that's because that's the problem in the big games this season because we haven't been performing those very well and I think it's because we don't play a good midfield. I think we we don't have a link between the midfield and attack. We didn't have Keita this this game. We didn't have Oxley Chamberlain, which we had last season. So I think that's maybe why our especially Salah isn't doing very well. I think he's got one goal and one assist against the big big top six this season. And the both both of those were at Arsenal where we played the 4 to 3 one we played, but we played with Shakiri and we didn't play uh, the 4 3 3 with the, that conservative midfield. And he suddenly played very well. I think was man of the match that game, arguably. But all the other games, it's been, he hasn't been very good. So I think to get our attack working, we need to play a more uh, attacking midfield. And I think that's why Klopp doesn't do it. He, he, he doesn't want us to be as exposed defensively now with our. Uh, injuries. I think Matisse, however however good he is uh, in the build-up, he isn't as good defensively. I think he's a bit of a liability defensively. So he he doesn't want to go too attacking in midfield because then then we we will leave big gaps behind. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's kind of what I think. I think the performance in midfield, especially, was we dominated the midfield in possession wise, but we just didn't do anything with it. Our attack looked horrid because we didn't have anyone to give the ball to them. We usually have Bobby there, even with Bobby there as well, and we didn't even have that. Sturridge, however much uh, everyone loves him, like I said, he isn't that link-up player. And I, our most dangerous shot was a 40-yard, very bad shot from Sturridge, and that says a lot. It's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Very interesting, you should say that. Yes, I had very similar criticisms myself of, uh, yes, the 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 link between the midfield and the attack just wasn't good enough. It was very disjointed. It was more disjointed than the climax of a contortionist's performance, I thought. And, uh, you know, um, we, I don't know, 
Klopp could have done this, could have done that. But yes, you you make a very good point as well that, you know, he's trying to protect the defence, especially with our fourth choice centre-back. Um, Dan, is there anything you would add in terms of a, a criticism of the performance? I mean, we could go on about this for a long, long time, I think. But uh, what, what, do you, what do you have to say on the matter? Yeah, it felt, it felt strange that Milner, who kind of, you know, I guess he didn't do masses wrong defensively. We weren't really put under much pressure, but... He just, there was something lacking in the execution. So the crosses coming in just weren't of the quality we usually expected him. And it just felt like something we've seen in the recent matches where we've struggled to struggle kind of to penetrate. You know, uh, Trent was guilty of it against Bayern. Just that crosses were just a little bit off. Um, and I think, you know, when we're in these situations where suddenly we are creating fewer chances, just it's, it's weighing on us that much more heavily when we're, we've got those little bits and bobs that just aren't going for us. And then, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll say yesterday that we played it perfectly, but I feel like playing the offside trap at some point is just going to catch us. Um, and, you know, they did a brilliant job yesterday, uh, other than the smalling opportunity. But I don't think they're really guilty of playing for that there. It just kind of it just happened. But, uh, you know, I just feel like we need to be careful with things at the moment. They're looking okay, but something like that's just going to cost us a goal out of nowhere at a crucial time. So I'd like us to be maybe, you know, hoping also to defend from set pieces rather than just to uh, just to push up the line. Mm, yes, very good point. Yes, as well. And uh, yeah, you're right to mention the full backs. I mean, Milner, Trent. I mean, Trent didn't play yesterday, obviously. Um, uh, but maybe he could have done something clever by moving Milner's position or. I don't know, I'm bringing Trent on for somebody else. But yes, um, a, a stat I nabbed from uh, Gareth Rob- Roberts from uh, the, the Anfield rap was that Milner had 17 crosses, apparently, and only three of them found a teammate. And I think that is another facet of our attacking play that's so important. Nothing happened on Robertson's side in, in an attacking sense, which was also a bit disappointing. Uh, but uh, Milner got into some fantastic positions to to cross. But then the problem with crosses and, uh, you know, um, with with any team that's facing a team that parks the bus like Man United did yesterday, uh, you know, that, you know, when you've got one or two players in the box against seven or eight, you've got no hope, really, unless that player is a, I don't know, a man mountain uh you know, bring back Andy Carroll, maybe. Um, enough criticism. Let's uh, let's think about the positives. Virgil Van Dyke. Uh, I've got some stats for you here from for, for Virgil. I mean, he was he was he was a, he was more than a rock. He was a whole continent. He was uh, absolutely huge. He was seventy-six passes with an eighty-nine percent success rate. Four clearances, two blocks, six aerial duels, one. Zero losses of possession, zero errors, and zero fouls conceded. What a performance. Virgil was my man of the match. Um, but how do you think um, Virgil, I mean, was he your man of the match, Majd? And, uh, you know, how did, how did uh, Matip do? And the, the other defenders, from a defensive point of view, we were, we were solid as a rock, weren't we? Matip was very good. Other than the ball, he stuck it to his own net. <laughs> but no, seriously, I actually enjoyed his performance. I think he's been improving a lot. And I think he, he's definitely above Lovren at the moment in the pecking order because he's, he's been putting in really good performances. So... I enjoyed Matip, Virgil van Dijk. We love him. He's he's a he's a colossus back there. He really wipes. He he eats up at all the crosses that anybody tries to send our way. He's a ver- what a what a player we have. And I really enjoyed Allison as well. That save on Lingard was exceptional. Like this guy has saved us so many points. He's really under. Okay, he's not underrated. We we really enjoy love him. But he saved us so many points and. One of his skill sets that I really enjoy is his one-on-one defend uh, saves. His one-on-one saves are really good. If you remember at the beginning of the season against Hazard in the Chelsea game and against Aguero in the City game, in, uh, during the Arsenal game, he had a couple of good saves as well. So, yeah, he's really good. I really enjoyed that save. And I thought Fabinho was another positive because his he was spreading the ball around. He 
was defending well. He was he was doing he was doing his job pretty well. But other than that, that's pretty much my positives. Unfortunately, Millie and Robbo didn't have the greatest games. I think Millie and Robbie, they did all right defensively, but you're absolutely right to bring up Alison. I mean, you know his middle name is Ramesses, right? You do know that. It's Alison. Oh, yeah, no, it's a wonderfully apt name for him. Alison Ramesses Becker. It's absolutely brilliant. A girl's name, a god's name, and a tennis player's name. I mean, we we can make... We could have some fun with that. I don't know. What about what about Sharon Zeus Agassi? You know, she he could be our next goalkeeper. Fantastic. What a save it was. Uh, Linus, Alison, go. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what I can say that has already been said. Uh, he's, he's just amazing. He was my man of the match yesterday. I think he didn't really have... A lot to do. I think there were they had three shots on goal, and he saved all of those. But I think because we didn't create anything, he got us that draw. Because I think that uh, Lingard save. I think the defense let him down a bit there. We didn't really see that through ball, and he completely nullified Lingard. And I think without him, we would we would have lost that game. So I think purely because. We would have lost the game if we didn't have him there. I think he's my man of the match. And I would I would also say Mat- Matip's one of those because he was probably our most creative player, which says a lot. But yeah, Alisson's distribution is just as good as it always has been, I think. And uh, I, I don't know. I think his performances of late has been a bit disappointing. I think the last few games, maybe after City, hasn't been as good as before, but I think this this match he really he really excelled, and I think I thought it was really really good. Very good answer. Yeah, Matic. I mean, he did really well in context. I mean, he's you know two games Bayern Munich, um, you know, and Man United. If you asked me a week ago, would we keep two clean sheets with Joel Matip in defence? I would have given you about a oh no no twenty five percent chance of that happening. So hats off to him. Absolutely fantastic work, Dan. Who was your man of the match and other outstanding performers yesterday. Yeah, so hard to argue against Virgil as well. I mean, sounding like everyone else, but I mean, the, the French commentators called him a watchtower. And I just thought it's the perfect way of describing really in terms of just the way he just surveys everything, but also just he's always intervening at the right moments. So really enjoyed his performance. And again, I mean, same kind of stuff. The thing is, from an attacking perspective, there's not a lot to talk about, but Hendo actually, I thought, again, was just, he was very good at breaking down everything that was going on. So while United didn't offer a ton in the middle, I did think he he offered quite a lot in terms of breaking that down. You know, you usually think of Fabinho as the one snapping in, uh, you know, on the challenges, but um, he was very controlled at just always kind of marshalling the, the Man- Manchester United midfielders. Very good answer, and I want to talk about uh, yeah the, about the midfield. Staying with you, Dan. I mean, how can we how can we improve our attacking play from midfield? I mean, there's um, LFCL, who's a really nice guy on Twitter. He he um you know asked the question, why can't we have more goals from midfield? Basically, this season, uh, Milner's our top scorer from midfield, though he's played some of that at fullback with three goals. Some I think one of the, one of those was a penalty, maybe. Um, Vinealdum has two goals. Fabinho has one, and that's it. Cater zero, Henderson nil, uh, Lalana nil, Curtis Jones nil. Who knows? I mean, you know what can be done, Dan? I mean, how could, we just need to play Cater more, don't we? Yeah, I feel like that's what what we're all hoping for, isn't it? It's just that Keita, you know, we're still waiting for him to get his first goal and we feel like that'll kind of break the floodgates. But I guess when we look back at it, the you know, Oxlade didn't get that many goals last season, but when he did, they were kind of impactful and they were usually from range. And that seems to be the thing we just don't do a lot of anymore from the midfield. So obviously we need to have the capabilities that who's the right person to be smashing them in from range. Maybe Milner's got one in him. Maybe one Adam's got one in him somewhere, um, but I think we've just got to we we are kind of in danger of becoming an Arsenal in terms of trying to walk the ball into the net. And for the midfielders, you're always going to have you know a key part of their goal scoring repertoire is going to be you know Ala Sigurdsson, Ala you know plenty of other players in the league, kind of just you know a bolt from the blue. And 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 it, 
I guess that's not about helpful and answers. It's not something you can massively rely on. But I think we have got to kind of give it a go from distance a little bit more when the moment's on. More long shots. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a decent point. When Harry Wilson comes back next year, maybe we'll see some of that if he's uh, you know, played a little deeper than than uh, the front three or our strike or whatever. Yes, uh, good point. Yeah, long shots is a good idea. Maj, I mean, you, you mentioned a little bit about it before. Um, you know what's what's the solution? Do we need to do we need to go big on the transfer market in some kind of some kind of creative midfielder who can who can break down teams? Um, and uh, what can we do this season as well? You know, for the rest of this season, we can't buy anyone. Yeah, maybe someone like Bernardo Silva would be a great target because yes. he he seems to be good on the defensive and the attacking output. But about the part, the danger of becoming an Arsenal, I want to comment on that. Because if you look at what City do, I mean, they score the same goal almost every week. They try to walk it in, and it ju- they just kind of perfected that system. And if you think about our own system, the way we play, uh, the last couple of years we've been relying on counterattacking and gegenpressing because, you know, Klopp says that's the best playmaker, and it worked perfectly. But now all the teams want to sit back against us. So we've been trying to evolve into... into Basic, it, it's basically a process of trying to evolve and being able to break down teams systemically. So we're getting better at it. It's still not perfect because once once we come up against a team that can actually defend, like Manu or some of the bigger teams where we fail to score against, it becomes a little harder. So I think it's a process, and I think, yeah, maybe we can address it in the summer, but I think Ox and Nabi, once he is in full flow, can can really help us with that. Interesting stuff. Yeah, great point of view. Yeah, Linus, carry carry on. What's that? What, what, what's your solution to this midfield attack lack of links? Yeah, I I think obviously we all would love if Liverpool just spent another three hundred million in the summer on trans transfers, but I I think that's very unrealistic. I don't actually think we need to spend money on a creative midfielder because I think. Obviously, Nabi hasn't been the best this season playing out on the left, but I, if we're going to continue this 4-3-3, I think he's been looking very good. And I think uh, getting Oxlade-Chamberlain back will just further prove we don't need to actually buy a, another creative midfielder. Obviously, we, we were close to signing Fakir, and that that broke down, and I, I don't think we've looked much worse for it. We. It was in the beginning of the season. We all we looked pretty pretty bad in attack, obviously, because we continued playing that four three three. But people figured us out, so we changed it to four two three one. And I'm not really sure why we stopped it. I think that was I think we went back to the four three three after the Leicester game, and I think that's I think it's possibly because he wanted to get Keita back in the middle, and after seeing Fabinho getting being able to play that. Uh, lone DM role, which I think the 4-3-3 is what, what we're meant to be playing and what Klopp wants us to play, but because Fabinho couldn't handle that role, we went to the 4-3-1 so he could kind of get get into the squad. And now when he's in, he can play that lone DM, and I think he's doing it very well. So I think when we get Oaks back, I think we will have a bit more uh, creativity midfield because we'll have more than one creative midfielder. We can either play them both, which I think is very dangerous because we'd have two attack attacking central midfielders and then Fabinho sitting back, or we could we could take one off and get one in uh, if we start Naby and take Ox in, and we would still we would have a fresh link between midfield and attack, and I think that will be massive. So I don't think we need to buy anyone. I just think we need Ox back and. It's looking pretty likely he'll be back sometime in March. So if he can get back to... He's not going to get back to the level he was last season because he's been out for almost a year. But if he can get back, at least get some part of his last season back, I think we would be greatly benefited by that. And I think we... Obviously, we're going through a bit of a rough patch, but I think that's inevitable. Uh, We had a city did it earlier in the season where they lost three games in a row and we still haven't lost a game except the one to City so I think we'll, we are still favoured here and with City missing Fernandinho and Laporte the next two games who knows they 
maybe they'll drop even more points. They have Bournemouth and West Ham at their next two games. Two teams, you never know what they're, they'll be able to do. So I, I, don't, I don't think this, is, this midfield we have uh, overall is good enough. And I, I think uh, hoping we're going to buy some someone in the summer. Sure, we may do, but I don't think we're going to spend 60, 70 million on a key attacking midfielder. I think it's, it's in that case, it would be maybe selling Alana and getting another squad player in. So I, I think our midfield is good as it is. Uh, it's a very, very, very good point. Yeah, exactly. Once the ox comes back, I mean, it's a, it's a thrilling thought to have him back on the football field. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you will too. I'm going to be absolutely patient with him. It's been so long. We've missed him so badly. And it would be an absolute delight. To, uh, he'll get such a... A wonderful reception when he's back on the field for us. Excellent stuff. Um, Dan, then, um, key moments from yesterday, you know, before we sort of wrap up the Man United talk slowly, but surely. Um, other key moments from yesterday, one that stood out for me was, uh, was the indirect free kick. Well, first of all, the bad back pass at the start from Ashley Young. I actually think, thought Firmino could have done slightly better with that. Um uh, I don't know. He's, he's just for once his his awareness wasn't perfect of other people around him. I think, and he tried to let it go or something. I'm not quite sure, but um, you know that was a that was a key moment. And then that indirect free kick. What a shambles! You would think they didn't practice them. Um, do you have anything to say on that or any other key moments that we haven't talked about yet, Dan? Yeah, back to that indirect free kick. You almost forget it now, but it was just. You know what? An, what a great opportunity early in the game to get something on the board, or at least you know test the keeper or something. And just to kind of tamely get that into the wall was just, just really a nightmare. Um, and then other than that, I guess, yeah, you know, just, it just felt like we were just lacking in those kind of final moments. And and you know, the, the most concerning thing for me, but I guess not really a key moment. Just you know, I can't for the first time in a very long time. I can't think of a Mane moment in the game. And it's really weird for that to happen for him. So I have no doubt he'll be back to his best, you know, as soon as possible. But, um, you know, enough of the negative stuff. Let's just say, you know, onwards to the next one. And we've got a good good run of games coming up. So I think we need to try and, you know, we really need to have a proper run at Watford and set things right, right from the off. Yeah, you're absolutely right about Sadio Mane, by the way. Yeah, he had no shots, no key passes, only a 65% passing accuracy. And uh, when you think that Liverpool, are, the team average is about 83, 84%, that's way below average. Um, you know, apparently he, he completed two of his three attempted dribbles, which is something, but two dribbles in an entire match, it wasn't his best game unfortunately although he has been on really good form recently so yes good point um uh any other leaders any other major moments or all matched i don't know any of you jump in with any other key moments you can remember at this stage i don't really have a moment i'm looking up who scored right now and i a bit of our attacking we talked a bit about robertson not looking great except he was good defensively but in the attack i think we only attacked 25% of our attacks, went down the left-hand side. We attacked mainly through Milner, which was god-awful in, in the attack. So <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I want to press on. Why, could, why didn't we attack down the left-hand side more? And if we were planning to attack down the right-hand side more, wouldn't Trent have been a better option from the start? Because in my opinion, he's better attacking than the Milner on, in, from that right back. So I... I think that's probably the one thing. And otherwise, the most obviously like to talk about the indirect free kick. Uh, I was just, that was just shambles. And yeah, otherwise, there wasn't really a lot to talk about. It's one of the more boring games I've watched. And I probably would have fallen asleep if I wasn't sick to my stomach, basically, by ner- by being nervous. <laughs> yeah, well, good point. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... Um... It was ridiculous that indirect free kick, and then Mohamed Salah, of course, he skied that free kick that that Joel Matip won after you know he decided to become Pele and dribble through everybody, uh, and then he was uh, savagely brought down by that lunk of uselessness, McTominay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean that was a bit that was a, a disappointing 
free kick. Um, Mazd, any other key moments for you? No, no, there's nothing happened in that game, to be honest. Okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll stay with you for the next question then. Um, and it's about Mohamed Salah. Um, would you have taken him off? Would you have played him on the right? Would you have tried to change his position? I don't know. Talk to me about Mo Salah. Are you worried about his form? I don't know. Mo Salah, I still love him. I still think he's uh, probably the best player in the league. Oh, yeah. He is the best player in the league. Him and Virgil. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. What uh, t- t- Talk to me. Talk to me, Mejd. That's a very good question uh, point because... I never like when Klopp substitutes one of our front three because I think the drop-off is very significant when we lose them. And even if they're playing badly, if the, if the chance falls to them, falls to one of them, then you it's more likely that they will take it. So I'm never for substituting Salah, and I didn't think it was the right option. I thought we were it was obviously not working out for him on the right, and we weren't utilizing him well so maybe we could have moved him into the middle or asked him to do something differently maybe Klopp just didn't maybe he just wasn't doing what Klopp asked him to do or something I don't know but personally I wouldn't have taken him off because if the if the if any chance falls to him at the end of the day he will take it so yeah that's that's my personal opinion but I'm not worried about him I think he never really usually has a long patch of bad performances, so I'm sure. And we know he loves to score against Watford, so I'll bank, I'm banking on him to score again and get rid of this bad patch that he's on. Even though, I mean, it's not really a bad patch. He played okay against Bayern and played okay and played really well against Bournemouth. It was just this game wasn't the greatest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a really good point about playing Watford next. He loves a he loves a hat trick against Watford, doesn't he, Dan? Uh, talk to me about Mohamed Salah. What's your opinion? Oh, I think he'll be back amongst the goals soon. Um, you know, he's he definitely. It was different against United. I just he wasn't really getting the service against Bayern. He was just being kind of crowded out by giants. But you know, I think against Watford, hopefully the game will open him up and he'll get a chance on the ball a bit. Um, and we'll just get better service to him. Uh, you know, I, I can't imagine we'll have Bobby on Wednesday, and if, if we do, then that'll help everything out with the link-up. But, you know, even if that enforces us to start with Shaq or, or whatever the whatever starting lineup will be, I just think against, against Watford, we'll, we'll make a much better, more concerted effort of kind of, you know, getting the ball to, to Salah, but also just getting the ball all to any of the front three and, and really, just, really just taking them on. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm going to come back to you about um, who you would start um, against Watford because, yes, we we had the horrible scare. Bobby Firmino going uh, out of the stadium on crutches, according to James Pierce, um, And, uh, you know, he's uh, gone for a scan today. I mean, today is, uh, what day are we? Monday. Uh, and he's gone for a scan today. I, I still haven't heard uh, the results. But, yes, Bobby, I mean... Oh, he's so key to us, Dan. I mean, how would you replace him? Would you maybe put Cater in a number 10, Salah up front, Shakiri on the right? That's one suggestion. I, I think I'd go with that, actually, yeah. So, I mean, I, God, I'd, I'd put my head in the sand. I'm extremely sad to be hearing about Firmino right now. I'd kind of just, I thought it looked relatively innocuous and assumed he'd be, you know, he, he seems pretty indestructible most of the time and, and thought he'd be back at it soon. So, God, fingers crossed, everything's okay. Um, but yeah, so it just feels it feels like they've got to get Shaq up there up top and then get Cater as well. I think, you know, not to overreact to a performance where we were lacking kind of uh, penetration, but, you know, both those players want to get on the ball and run. And I don't see why we couldn't get them both in there. Obviously, no one's going to be able to replace what Bobby does for us. But if you get Salah up top in the centre, he's done that before. We've seen he can do it. Um, Shakiri could do do great on either wing, but you'd likely go right if you've got Mane around and still get Cater kind of performing a, a link-up role between between defence and attack. I mean, especially because, you know, from what we've seen, Klopp's more likely to pick Cater against the, you know, against the sides we fancy ourselves against. You know, I can't, I guess if we put it another way, I can't see him not starting Cater. And then now we've had the injury up top. Um 
you know, it's it's not the nicest way to look at it, but I I don't want us starting um, Sturridge or Origi. You know, I do think they can come on and they can impact the game, but it's more in the sense of, you know, Sturridge having a wonder goal or Origi working his, his, his nuts off. They're not really players that I think have 19 minutes of, of kind of Liverpool running around football in them. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be, I would, I would, not, I mean, as much as you said before, Maj, I mean, we do love Sturridge, but I don't know if he's up to the level of, of, of a Premier League running now after all of his injuries. He's lost a bit of pace, lost a bit of, I don't know, the old style and the Harlem Globetrotter brilliance that he had a few years ago. Um, where do you stand on it, Linus? Are you, are you picking uh, Cater or the Studge or maybe Divock? No, I think Keita is the one I'd go for. I think I'd go for the... If Bobby isn't fit, I'd go for 4-2-3-1 with Shaq on the right and Keita in the middle. I'm not sure if he can play there, but I think it's better than having Studge or Divock up front. Obviously, I'll be eternally grateful to Divock for the Everton last-minute winner, but I don't think we could we can allow ourselves to let him continue just on because of that, because I think... It's more important that we play our best eleven than play him because he scored against Everton. And Sturridge, he looked very bright in the start. Obviously, he scored that screamer at the bridge and uh, he scored against West Ham in the first game of the season as well. But I think we can't start him because every time he always produces more when he comes in during the like last 10 minutes, like he did against West Ham and Chelsea. But like we saw against Burnley, for example, and Manchester United, when he starts or plays early, he just doesn't do well. He likes to come, at least nowadays, he likes to come in when the defenders are tired and he can produce that bit of magic. But I just I just don't think he's good enough. And I'd, how I, I really like Divock. I think he was great for us before he got injured at Everton. But right now, I don't think he's good enough. And I think we need to be a bit, bit harsh and go with our absolute strongest 11. And I, I think Keita, even though he struggled in the 4-2-3-1 earlier, I think he needs to play this game. And I think we we need to play our best possible 11. Maybe we play 4-3-3, but we put Salah, in the, uh, Salah at striker and check out to the right and still play a three-man midfield. Which I th- I think that's maybe what I would do, but yeah, I d- I don't think we can rely on uh, Sturridge or Origi. Hmm. Yeah. Another excellent, excellent answer there. Um. Yeah. I mean, Watford's going to be really tough. I can't. You know. I can't believe some of the people I've heard today on loads of podcasts. You don't know how how many I. I listen to it's it's absolutely probably unhealthy but I listen to so many Liverpool podcasts and and some people are saying that you know the hard the hard task is over you know and uh, you know now we've basically only got Watford uh, next uh, but uh, you know Watford's form is is fantastic they won their last uh, three matches um, you know, they beat Everton, not too hard. Uh, QPR away, I don't know, it's always a decent result in the Cup. And uh, Cardiff 5-1 on the weekend. Um, Majd, uh two questions, really. Uh, first of all, I mean, how how are you feeling? Do you have the same sense of trepidation that I do uh, to play Watford? And secondly, who would you play? Who would you play against them? Very good question. Uh I'm not gonna lie. I'm not too worried about Watford, because I, at this moment, I trust in our defense. It looks like it's back to being rock solid, and Allison looks to be in good form. So I trust us not to concede. Our problem in the last two games wasn't was scoring, obviously, and it's gonna be harder without Bobby to score goals. But I think uh, I think we can do it. I'm I'm not too worried. I think we'll be able to deal with it and Klopp will be able to deal with it and motivate the players and we're at home so we always do well at home so those are three factors that I think are in our favor in terms of who I would start that's a tough one I think I would start Fabinho, Genie and Naby the same lineup we had at Bournemouth 
and I might start Divock ahead of Shakiri because I actually like what I've seen from uh, Divock Origi. The last few games he's been coming on. He's been running and getting into decent positions. Remember that chance he had against West Ham? So he seems to be very active, and he he can bully a defender. You know, he can occupy a defender. Maybe that can act as a good foil for Salah and Mane because, I mean, I haven't... I can't remember the last time Shaq and Salah and Mane played, the three of them played together in one, as a front three, so, but that's just my preference, because then we have Shaq off the bench to maybe impact the game, but yeah, that, that's my opinion. Decent opinion, I like it, yeah, Shaq's been a bit off form lately as well, I mean, lots of people have been talking about that, unfortunately, he just doesn't seem quite so incisive as a couple of months ago. Um, but, um, yeah, Watford, uh, few, a few more stats for you uh, before I get get some more thoughts from you, Dan, about this. Um, some stats from Watford. They've played 27 in the league. They've won 11, drawn 7, lost 9. They've scored 39 goals in those 27 matches and their goals are really spread out. They got, they've got, you know, Loads of uh, six different midfielders have scored. It's sort of the opposite of Liverpool because their top scorer from their strikers is Troy Deeney with only seven. Uh, whereas De Lefeu and Pereira from midfield, they've got six goals each. Um, it's it's dangerous. You know, Dan, we've, we've drawn four of our last five matches, our attack minus Bobby probably. Um, you know, all of this is, is just building my nerves. Can you Can you do anything to make me feel better? Well, I don't know. You're, you're, you're playing on mine as well now. Sorry. I, I guess at least we know we're going to be entertained. The, the, every single game we've had recently against Watford seems to have been, you know, we had the, we had the three all, you know, last season right at the start. And then we've had bags of goals in other games. Salah always seems to get in amongst it. At least we know whatever happens, surely it's going to be nothing like the other day. Um, and then if we're being a bit more positive, yeah, I think we've got to go back to the fact that, you know, I'm hoping that Watford is to Salah what. Norwich was to Suarez. It just seems he always gets on the score sheet against them. Well, I say always, he's only been around for a handful of games with them, against them. But um, yeah, I'm thinking that's, that's got to play into our, into our hands a little bit. And, you know, all, all the factors that uh, Madge was talking about, you know, the, going back to Anfield after kind of a really tough assignment at Old Trafford, which, you know, things played into our hands that meant we should have done better. But actually, you know, I think as Klopp said, their disjointedness, their injuries actually didn't help us. Um, and, you know, we should hopefully be going for kind of a, a more normal game where, you know, substitutes happen in the second half and it's all <laughs> a lot more tactical. So, you know, fingers crossed he gets, he, he gets the right people out on the pitch. And I think, you know, we've all said it. Uh, yeah, Naby seems to be the other person we all think is going to be key here. And I just keep holding out hope every game. I'm like, this is his game for his goal. And... and He's got to get one soon, so let's let's say it's on Wednesday. Love it. Love the idea. Thank you. Yes, you have made me feel a lot better. Thank you, Dan. Um, um, Linus, I mean, if you... if you, I presume you're not agreeing with the other people that, um, you know, that uh, Watford is somehow, you know, less important than Man United, are you? I mean, you know, are you as excited for this one? Um, you know, for me, it's true. I mean, every single game, I'm just, you know, at the at the at the limit of my excitement. It's absolutely thrilling, each and every game for me. Um, are you the same, Linus, or are, you know, this one's a bit less exciting because it's not Man U? No, obviously, it doesn't have the same pedigree as the Man United game. But for me, every Liverpool game is as exciting as it can be because that thing, the thing I love most to do is to watch Liverpool. I always, my my week, the mood during my during the weeks and my during the weekends is always decided basically around the results. And I, for me, this game is even as exciting as exciting, even more exciting, and maybe even more important than the United game because I think every game is going to get even more and more important as the season goes on and. This game against Watford, who's obviously in in very good form, and they have some really good players, uh, like Pereira, De La Feu just got a hat trick and an assist, and they're a really dangerous side. And I think we, if we, if we as fans or even the team let 
uh, let yourself think this isn't as important or big game as any other game, that's where we start to slip up even more. And I think that's maybe how the big, the easiest way for us to lose this grip on the title that it's not as firm as it's, as it has been, but it's still ours to to lose. And I think going in with every with a cliche mindset of this is like it's a cup final. I think that's really what we need, and I think that's what Klopp needs these players to think. And I think that's what's going to get them to perform at the highest level. So I I I think that's important, and I think that's probably what's going to make the players step up their game. They obviously want to win trophies. They're football players. That's what they play football for. And I think if they can just get that mindset of playing every game to the top of their level, I think we could we could really go the distance. I, I, it's just such a delight to hear that kind of language. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this, Majd. Um, Watford, uh, just, I'll give you a few, uh, before I get a prediction from you, Majd, about Watford game, you know, tell us what you think's going to happen. I'll just give you a few um, stats regarding their away games this calendar year, since uh, 2019 jumped down our throats. Um, it's uh, on uh, January the 2nd, they played away to Bournemouth and drew 3-3. They beat Woking on the 6th of January 2-0 away. Uh, they beat Crystal Palace after that on the 12th of January away. They played Newcastle away on the 26th of January, the day after my birthday. Make a note, the 25th of January next year, I like cake, I like chocolate biscuits, uh, and that's about it. Um, they beat Newcastle away 2-0, uh, and then they drew with Brighton away, uh, they beat QPR away, and they beat Cardiff away 5-1. Their away form is awesome, matched. I'm sorry, I've still got a case of the willies here, but, uh, you, you know, Dan and Lena's making me feel good. How can you make me feel good? What's, what's going to happen in this one? I think we're going to wipe the floor with them. You're worried about Watford? Oh, wonderful. I, I, I'm telling you this, they're crapping their pants about the thought of Salah scoring four goals against them and sitting their defenders on the floor and making a, a, a mockery out of their defenders. So they're worried about us a lot more than we're worried about them. I think we're, I'm, I'm very confident about this game because I think we're a lot better than them. And they're going to have to worry about us. And this is a good point to start building our momentum because we really thrive on momentum, I think. So if we can win this game, and I think we will, and maybe the next one and the next one, we can build ahead of steam and just keep rolling teams over and over. So you you're not you're not particularly worried about our our current form. You know, four draws in the last five matches in all competitions. No, because I think the first two draws we got, the West Ham and the Leicester game, were very different from the Bayern and United game. Because in the Leicester and the West Ham game, I didn't feel like we were controlling the game very well. But in the last two games, it felt like we were in control of the game. So that's at least a, a positive and a good step. And I think what we saw is that our defense is rock solid again. And we're not conceding anything. Our free kicks, the, our, our, the free kicks we concede, we're catching people offside again. So we're doing well. I think, we're, I think I'm confident. Because uh, De La Feo and Pereira... Yes, they're good players, but they're very inconsistent. And I'm glad that De La Feo got a hat-trick, because now I'm sure he's going to have a terrible game. Yeah, exactly. The laws of probability are are with us, aren't they? That he, you know, he won't repeat it. But uh, you know, I'm I'm touching wood and I'm crossing fingers and I'm sacrificing a rabbit to take its foot off to wrap it round my neck as we speak, so that uh, you know we can you know keep all the good luck with us. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so very quickly then, Maj. I mean, a a score prediction. You what? Three, four, nil, five, nil, two, nil, two, nil. Okay, Dan. I'm feeling like my messages are mixed now, but I feel like it's a I feel like it's a three nil for us. But I think it's one nil up until about eighty minutes, and it's kind of really on a knife edge, and then we get a couple of goals to just make us feel good at the end. I like it, Linus. What about you? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with Dan. I think we're gonna get a goal early, and we might after that blow them away because they need to come at us more. But I think it's probably gonna be. Three, it is 3-0 or 3-1. I think we might keep a clean sheet, but 
you never know because Matip's been doing great recently, but he he always has a mistake in him, just like Lovren, and they could just counterattack us and score. But I I I think uh, I'll go for three one because I I unfortunately don't think we'll keep the clean sheet, but I think we have all the possibilities and all all the skill sets to do it. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, okay, I like it. Yeah, you you are more optimistic than me on this one. I I think we'll shade it by a goal, one nil, two one. Uh, something like that. Um, but yes, I mean, I can't wait. It's absolutely exciting. And then uh, there won't be another cop on before uh, next weekend. So that's Sunday's game against Everton. So um, if you don't mind, gentlemen, I'd like to quickly preview the Ev. Now, the Ev are shit. Excuse my language. I sh- could say fucking shit, but that would be even more vulgar. Perhaps they deserve it. Um, I don't know. Maybe I mean a little bit cruel. They are our rivals. I should just laugh at them. They're very, very poor side. They're, they're, they're current form. Um, they lost their last match uh, against Watford when we're recording this 1-0. Uh, then before that, they lost to Man City 2-0. They lost to Wolves before that uh, 3-1 at home at the Old Lady. Oof. And uh, Man City game that they lost 2-0 was also at the at the old Lady Goodison Park. Um, they beat Huddersfield on the 29th of January. I'm going back in time now. The 26th of January, they lost to Millwall in the Cup. On Saturday, January the 19th, they lost to Southampton in the league. Um, they're rubbish. And I don't care about the, uh, you know, the old cliche that form goes out the window when it's a derby. I just think if we turn up and if we play 60% of even what we played yesterday, we're going to beat Everton. I'm I'm super confident. I'm as confident as you are, Majd, about uh, the Watford game. I'm that confident about Everton. We're going to, you know, yet again squash them under our thumb they are pointless they are useless um i don't know that's quite a you know a light way to bring us into the everton discussion um linus uh, talk to me about the ev will you yeah sure there's not really a lot to say uh, except that pickford's got Small arms and Divock Origi gave them nightmares, and they're they haven't been the same <laughs> since. They've been. Uh, I've watched a couple of their games just because I was bored, and they 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 really do, don't play well. They don't play attractive football anymore. Like Mark, I respect Silva as a manager, but he's not been particular. He looks he looks like Conte did at the end of, of his reign at Chelsea. He just look he kind of looks depressed. He just looks. Like he doesn't really care anymore, and he is, looks like he's given up, and I think that gives a very bad message to the players. And I just, I can't help but feel like we're going to batter them, but at the same time, they might try to salvage some pride and turn up against us. But I just, I doubt it because I don't think they're very good. Excellent answer, but even if they turn up, Majd, um, we'll just turn them away, won't we? We'll say, you're not coming in here, you haven't got any ID, you haven't got the right shoes. Yeah, we're going to, you know, attach them to a broom handle and uh, mop the floor with them, aren't we, Majd? I think so, because they're absolutely shocking. They can't, they're, they're terrible, they're terrible to watch. They have. They don't have very good players, and... I think actually Marco Silva is the definition of a fraud. I don't know what why people keep hiring him. He really hasn't achieved anything for people to keep hiring him and his teams seem to have a trend of doing really well when he's first when he gets hired and then they dip massively. So I think we'll be fine and Pickford uh, is gonna Pickford is gonna probably put another one in his own net. And just seeing <laughs> Deva Karigi and the name sheet is gonna give them nightmares. So I'm really confident <laughs> as well. Yeah, brilliant. Exactly. You've got to get Diva, give Diva start and tell him to shoot high. Pickford can't reach that high. Um, you know, um, Dan, this is it going to be easy Sunday. The Ev away at Goodison Park. You guys have just cheered me up on this one. I just, I, I do go with the cliche. You know, form does go out the window in these matches. I do just, I fear this for now. 
It's the one one they'll have marked in their calendars, it, despite the fact when you look at their results, it doesn't look like they've had one marked for a while. Um, but let's switch back the way you guys are saying. You know, it was such a massive psychological blow when City beat Everton and jumped above us um, in the league. Um, let's just let's you know hope it all goes well at, at Watford, and then you know we go and beat Everton and we can stay top of the league and we can also have all the bragging rights for the city Liverpool. So yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be tight, but I'd say, yeah, so it's a one nil for me, but it's, you know, hopefully we'll be in a lot of control of the game and maybe we just won't get that extra goal. That's a really good point you made. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the the manner of their defeat on Wednesday, February the 6th against Manchester City at home at Goodison. They just rolled over. They laid down and they, you know, got their sort of sun hat on and they had their arms folded behind their heads and they were in the shade of the tree and they just said, go on, Man City. We won't stop you to help Liverpool. We owe them for that. We owe them. We should be angry. We should play with fury. Fury that they've never seen before. And I don't care if they've marked it on their calendars. I mean, you know, I, honestly, Dan, I've got to disagree with you. I, I think, yes, they're, they're going to turn up and give it 100% of what Everton can give. But that's about... 25% of what Liverpool can give. Uh, so all we all we got to do is match them for, for for spirit. And then I honestly, even with the bad, well, relatively bad form that we're on, four draws in five games, that one I think will be easier than Watford. Um, but anyway, just final a, a final question. We've got to wrap this up. Um, the season as a whole, zooming out to the season as a whole. Are you enjoying the title chase, Dan? I mean, it's your first cop on podcast here, so you can, you know, tell the listeners: Have you been enjoying the title chase? Are you enjoying it now, or are you sort of, you know, vomiting with fear, and uh, you know, the the nerves are getting to you? What's what's happening in the in the mind of Dan? It's it's a pretty recurrent routine kind of leading up to the weekend it's all excitement it's can't wait for this game and then suddenly oh, the referee blows his whistle and I'm kind of a heap of nerves so it's it's just brilliant it's everything you're looking for um as a supporter of a club and it's just been it's it, I guess what's been so what's been so great is knowing that we really have the answers at both end of the pitch this year which just really makes you feel like we're not dreaming um but yeah, it, it'll it'll never change. I always associate it with being quite English. Like I always just feel like we're seconds away from a defeat. <laughs> but at least with Liverpool, that's always been my outlet to feel like you know maybe we're not. So you know, I'm I'm just excited. I'm strapping in for the for the eleven games we're left. Excellent strapping in. Are you, how's how's your strapping going, Maz? Are you are you are you there? Are you ready to for the rockets, the Reds to blast you off to the to the to the seventh heaven of Premier League titledom? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. That's a very good way to put it. During the week, you're very excited, and then you were very nervous during the game. But one thing I'm taking from this whole season is. Even if it doesn't happen, but I, I do think we're going to win the league. Even if we don't win the league, there's we still have a chance in Europe to do well in the Champions League. That's still a competition I absolutely love. If that doesn't work out, the one thing that I can be happy about is that this is not a one-year one thing. I know we're going to be fighting for this league next year again. So that's one thing I take solace in, and I always know that this isn't a short-term thing. We're, we're here for the long for the long term, so I'm really excited. That's a brilliant answer. Yes, I, I, I really, really agree. I mean, my, my, my slight concern, and I could really talk about this all night, but I, I'm not going to, um, is that, you know, if we don't win anything this year, it's just trying to, you know, convince the players in, in modern football, because our players are so good, convince them all to stay, including Mohamed Salah for another year, and try again for the, for the, you know, for the Liverpool family across the world. If only, I think he will stay. I hope he understands how much we love him and how great he is 
um, you know, in all of our minds. Um, Linus, are you, are you enjoying it? I mean, you know, you sound like from your last answer, you're enjoying this title chase. You've you've conquered the nerves and you're just loving it. Is that right? Well, saying I've conquered the nerves would be a bit of an exaggeration because just like the other guys, I'm a heap of nerves during the weekend. But I'm re- I'm actually enjoying it more than I thought I would. I I'm really enjoying, despite what Twitter would have you believe, we don't need to win the title this year because no one expected us to win it at the beginning of the year sure people thought we would be able to be within touching distance of City maybe and maybe challenge a little bit but everybody expected City to blow the league away this season again and to even be in this position at this time time of the season I just can't help but feel happy and excited and I I have to make myself think that Whatever happens, it's not going to go away. In 08-09, where we, people say we could have won the title then, I, I'm not really sure, but especially 2013-14, that season what heart, was heartbreaking. And that, that team felt like it definitely relied on Suarez up front, and we didn't really have much else. And after he left, the team was just kind of bad. Now, even if we doesn't win, we still have a great spine. We have players that's going to become better, even if we doesn't bring in, don't bring in anyone. Our current players are going to be even better next season. So I can't help but think it's just going to get better and better through the years. And if we win the title this year, I'm even more excited about what we can do next year in the Champions League and the uh, Premier League and Maybe even we can get out of the first round of the FA Cup or the League Cup for once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah. that, that, that's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, come on. You can't ask for too much, Linus. You can't, you know, can't ask for progress in the Carabao Cup as well. Uh, yes, um, no, but that's a, that's a fantastic answer. And those, those are absolutely delicious words to, to end uh, our conversation for today. So thank you very much. Uh, to Maz and Linus for joining uh, joining me again for Cop On and uh, thank you uh, as well to Dan for your first time. How was it, Dan? Are you okay? You survived? Yeah, you know, just breathing slowly now. But no, no it, was, it was great fun. And I found myself laughing as much, you know, listening along. So. Oh, good stuff. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I hope you all come back very soon. So, with that, that brings us to the end of another episode of cop on thank you a zillion for listening um it's absolutely lovely that you're with us do share cop on if you can with the, anyone in the lfc family that you come into contact with and uh, we'll be back fairly shortly um you know i'm actually going away this weekend i'll be watching the everton match in uh, in switzerland seeing my mate dave who's just become a skiing instructor so that's very exciting first time for me skiing since 1991 uh you know i've ordered my extra protection some sort of skateboarders knee pads elbow pads wrist pads i'm gonna have a helmet and uh yeah hopefully stay off the uh the black runs you know the red runs or anything that's not just you know slightly slightly um less than horizontal i'm just not even going to bother with um hopefully see you on the other side if i survive if not i shall uh, become a ghost and um use my ghostly powers to you know suck the ball in to the to the cop end goal of I'll, I'll find anfield don't worry about that um but yes if i don't die um speak to you soon thanks for listening <laughs>